Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What a day it was here on Thursday, opening day of the Major League Baseball season and the first round of the Masters at Augusta, where all eyes were on Tiger Woods. Let's get the latest on the Masters from our very own Brady Cannon. This is your VEASAN Masters update. Brady Cannon here with you covering the 86th edition of the Masters for VEASAN. Tiger Woods, of course, the big story. He cards his 11th under par round for a first round effort at the Masters today at Augusta National, shooting a 71. He only hit nine out of 18 greens in regulation, and he will have some very tough wind in the afternoon to face tomorrow in Augusta, Georgia, where they're expecting gusts well over 20 miles an hour. Your first round leader is Sunjay M at five under par. Now, the average finishing position for first-round leaders roughly over the last 30 years at the Masters is about 13th. We'll see if that pans out for Sun J.M. Some other stats for you. Each of the last 16 winners of the Masters started out 11th or better after round one. Six of the last eight Masters winners were in the top five. 76% of all Masters winners all time started after round one in the top 10. 25 of the previous 30 Masters. Masters winners were under par after round one. So who is in the top 11 and who's under par? Sun J.M., Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson, Danny Willett, Joaquin Neiman, Scotty Scheffler, Jason Kokrak, Corey Connors, Will Zalatoris, Patrick Cantlay, Harry Higgs, Kevin Na, Daniel Berger, Tiger Woods, Tony Finau, Webb Simpson, Harold Varner III, Abraham Answer. Round out your top 11 and those that are in red figures. Keep it here all weekend long for Masters updates. It's VSIN, the sports betting network thanks brady great job and we appreciate all the work he is doing uh, check out the long shots podcast for all the insight you need and you can read brady's work in the master's betting guide available at vsin.com so what are tiger's chances well if you listen to brady's report right there he is he's in play in terms of the historic outcomes he's in that top 11 which is where the winners would need to be He's only four strokes back off the lead, which is in striking distance. What does concern you is the numbers, and they're right there on the screen for you. Nine of 18 greens in regulation. When you're constantly trying to scramble to pull together a par, 
you're not going to gain many strokes. You need to hit greens in regulation and have birdie opportunities in order for you to really make any ground. You can't be constantly scrambling. The wind will play a factor on Friday. I'm curious, though, if the later tee time does help Tiger manage the course a bit. He will tee off at, uh, let's see, if we look at round two schedule, he was going to tee off in the afternoon. And by watching other players in front of him, Play and manage the course and manage the wind. This is what I'm I'm very curious about. Is there anything that he can learn about how to play some of these holes with the windy conditions? Like if there's gonna be heavy gusts blowing from you know east to west, how does he play? The, you know, the, the whole, how does he play that hole? How are other guys in front of him playing that hole? He is in the third to last group here on Friday. He will tee off at 1.41 p.m. Eastern time. Him, Louis Ustase, and Joaquin Neiman. Second to last group. The only golfers behind him will be Hideki Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, James Piot, Adam Scott, Scotty Scheffler, and Tony Finau. That's it. So he's going to have... A lot of opportunity to watch the golfers in front of him and see how they attack this course, which is something that I'm just very, very curious about with the wind. And also, where will the, how will the wind possibly die down? Your leader, Sunjay M, tees off early. He's one of the first, I don't know, 10 groups. He tees off at 9.39 a.m. Eastern time, so... 10, 9, 30, 10, 30, 11, 30, 12, 30, 1, 30. He might be finishing up right when Tiger Woods tees off. So we'll know, you know, how far back Tiger is of the lead uh, and and really what Im is able to do in that second round. I don't think there's any value to betting Tiger now. I think you have to wait and see what he does here in the second round and then what the adjusted number is going to be after the cut, and once we find out what's happening here on the weekend, because Tiger's still at 40-1. to 1. I don't think that there's any move to be made now. What he did here on Thursday was kind of what, I don't want to say it was expected. I think it was the best that you could have hoped for. Because I don't think anybody believed that Tiger was going to come out here and shoot a 65, shoot a 68. The fact that he went on his the 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 spread was 74 and a half. The fact that he shoots a 71 and goes under by three and a half strokes, it's a huge win. It's a huge accomplishment. So I don't think anything that you saw from Tiger here on on Monday changes your Thursday, excuse me, changes your opinion on him. I think it makes you feel good. I think. Had you gone the other way, if you bet Tiger to miss the cut, you're sweating right now. If you bet Tiger to make the cut, you feel exactly how you felt going into this tournament. 
because Tiger didn't really do anything that blew you away, and he didn't do anything to disappoint you. He played a nice round of golf, shot a 71, had to scramble a bit, put a couple of birdies in, made a couple of bogeys. But all in all, he's in the top 10 at one under. He's four strokes off the lead. And if he gets through this round unscathed, and what I mean by that is his body feels okay. Going into the weekend, having made the cut, you got to then feel a little bit better about him and maybe start to look for the numbers going into Saturday. Your favorite right now is Cam Smith. Minus five, uh, excuse me, plus 550 up on DraftKings. Dustin Johnson, six to one. Scotty Scheffler, seven to one. Your current leader, Sunjay M, is plus 850. If you think that he will be your first round leader and your uh, winner come Sunday. Patrick Cantley is 11 to one. Joaquin Neiman is 16 to one. John Rahm, see, this is what's so crazy about golf odds. John Rahm shot a two over, and he is 28 to one to win still. That is the same odds as Will Zalatoris, who's at one under. Rory is 30 to one. Tiger is 40 to one. Danny Willett, who right now is at three under, one stroke off the lead. Danny Willett is 50 to 1. Um, I'm sorry. What am I missing? Yeah, okay. There's not a belief that he's going to continue or exceed the expectations, but the dude's one stroke off the lead after shooting a three under 69 in round one, and he's 50 to 1 to win this thing? Seems like a mistake. Anyway, there's going to be lots of movement on this leaderboard coming up here. We know it is going to change absolutely several times before when we get through tomorrow and then when we get through Saturday and then Sunday as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. You know, lost in the Masters conversation and opening day of Major League Baseball. And by the way, side note here, it is so great to just have baseball highlights on the television. Like it's, there's, to me, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm like, baseball's my first love. There's nothing, I love just. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. watching it just having baseball baseball is the best background sport ever because the the beauty about major league baseball or just the sport of baseball is that you can tune into a game at any point and know exactly what's going on you know what inning it is you know how many outs there are you know how many runners are on you know what the score is you can know you know the box score how many hits a team has You know exactly what's going on at any moment that you tune into a game. Baseball is the perfect background sport, whether it's the radio or the TV. You can just turn it on, leave it on in the background, go about your business, mow the lawn, do whatever, do your chores around the house, come back to the TV or the radio and pay attention and see what's there. And in two seconds, you know exactly what's going on. I love having baseball highlights on the TV. I love just, like, I'll wake up, I'll put on the TV, I'll put on, you know, a, a game, and that's it. I'll always have TV on. I'll always have a baseball game on the TV, and I'll just catch it in and out of when I'm, like, sending emails or doing stuff or just browsing Twitter. Got the game on in the background. Anyway, lost in the Major League Baseball and in the Masters. NBA regular season is winding down. Playoff seeding is pretty much wrapped up at this point, including a key seeding battle in the Eastern Conference. We'll get into that coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. like no other. No, we don't mean complain. We mean trick. Play free during the PGA Tour with the Mayomi Dare to Play Unrivaled Golf Series. Enter five free contests to take your shot at a share of $25,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Mayomi now to join the action. Mayomi, flavor forward. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and as always... Drink responsibly. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. On the NBA schedule here on Thursday, games of so in much importance when it comes to playoff seeding. Hornets beat the Magic 128 101, uh, and you had the Raptors beating the 76ers 119-114. Bucks over the Celtics 127-121. Uh, And let's talk about those games for a moment here. Last night on the show, I gave out two plays in the NBA. The first one being the Raptors at minus two against the 76ers. Fred Van Fleet did not play in this game. And with him being ruled out, 
the line shifted to the Raptors catching three and a half points. Toronto still not only just covers, they win outright. Pascal Siakam scored 37 points. He had a triple-double, 37, 11, and 12. Raptors win 119-114. Why did I love the Raptors? And why am I so glad that this game played out almost exactly how I thought it was going to play out? First off, Matthias Theibel not able to play for Philadelphia is a big loss for them defensively. Theibel was a key cog, is a key cog in their defense. With him being unvaccinated and not able to play in Toronto, that's a big blow to the Sixers defensively, who already are not that great defensively with James Harden, but with Theibel, they were very good. So, I didn't like that. What I loved, loved, was the Raptors knowing that they are the five seed in the East, which means that they will play the four seed in the first round. They had an opportunity in this game to ensure or to make it as close to a, a finality as possible that they will play Philadelphia in the first round. And why would they want to play Philadelphia? First off, there's the thigh bolt thing. So they lose a defensive player for three games, possibly, in Toronto. But also, you would much rather play Philly than Boston or especially Milwaukee. And so by beating Philadelphia, by preventing them from gaining their 50th win, and by giving them their 31st loss, you keep them behind both Boston and Milwaukee in the standings. And so I thought that Toronto was going to play this one with extra motivation to not just ensure that they get Philadelphia in the first round, but also send a message to Philadelphia saying that we can beat you in a first-round playoff series. And I'm so glad that that's exactly what they did in this game because, as I said, the moment James Harden was acquired by the Philadelphia 76ers, that I will fade this team come playoff time. And that is exactly what I am going to do when they match up against Toronto. The other game, the reason why I liked the Celtics last night, and yes, my thoughts changed when Jason Tatum was ruled out. I actually thought the Bucs should have done what the Celtics did. Celtics rested Jason Tatum and Al Horford in this game. I think the Celtics did that to possibly avoid being the two-seed. Now, I don't know that for a fact. No one's ever going to know that for a fact. And Boston does play against Memphis the final game of the season, but Memphis might not play anybody. And you know what? Maybe Boston doesn't play anybody either. But Milwaukee now is probably going to finish with the two seed. Milwaukee is at Detroit and at Cleveland to end the season. 
and they right now are 50 and 30. The Celtics are 50 and 31. Even if the Celtics beat the Grizzlies and finish 51 and 31, all Milwaukee will have to do is win both of their remaining games. Because I actually think Boston has the tiebreaker. No, they, yes, Boston has the tiebreaker. So they got to win their last two games, which I think they will. Also, by winning their last two games, they, I believe, no, Miami did clinch the conference because Miami would have the tiebreaker over Milwaukee. So Miami has clinched the one seed. Milwaukee is going to finish with the two. I thought Milwaukee should have rested their players and not won this game. I thought Miami should have, uh, excuse me, Milwaukee should have tried to lose so that they would get the three seed. And it wasn't so much about avoiding the Brooklyn Nets. It was about matching up with the Bulls in the first round. The Bulls are the sixth seed. The Bucks own the Bulls. Own the Bulls. They 4-0 against them this year. And even going back several seasons, when the Bucks are fully uh, healthy, they dominate the Bulls. In the last, we'll go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Let's go 15 games. How's that? Is that a big enough sample size? You want to say? Yeah, Scott, it's a big enough sample size. The Chicago Bulls are 1 and 14 against the Milwaukee Bucks in their last 15 games against them. Uh, what? Yeah. In their last 15 games against the Bulls, they are 1-14. and And in the one win, Giannis did not play. Brooke Lopez did not play. Drew Holiday did not play. Bobby Portis did not play. That win came on May 16th, 2021. Other than that, the last win that the Bulls had against the Bucks prior to that, December 26th of 2017, a 115-106 win. The Bucks matching up against the Bulls in the first round, they sweep them. So I thought, man, why should Milwaukee should just rest everybody. Just lose. Just lose this game. Make sure you're the three seed. And guess what? They actually might still be able to manipulate that because Boston holds the tiebreaker. So if Boston, let's say Boston loses to Memphis, then Boston finishes with a 50 and 32 record. Milwaukee can tank the final two games of the regular season and finish with a 50 and 32 record. And then Boston, by virtue of the tiebreaker, is the two seed, and Milwaukee is the three seed. 
the one thing that you would have to um, worry about is if Philly wins their last two games. Because then Philly could climb up. Milwaukee has the tiebreaker over Philly. So the only way that Philly would eclipse them in the standings is if they finish 51 and 31. And then there's a chance that Milwaukee at 50 and 32 would drop down to the four seed. So I think there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching over the next couple of days. The Bucs play the Pistons on Friday. So that's an opportunity for them to lose the game and rest players. Then on Saturday, they watch what the 76ers do against the Pacers and then determine what they would like to do in the final game of the regular season on Sunday against the Cavaliers. But if I was them, I would lose to get the three seed and play against the Chicago Bulls. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. It's the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Our all-digital MLB guide at vcin.com is available now. And Adam Burke has futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weingarten's MLB futures, bets, trends, and more. Sign up today, get full access to VSIN through the start of baseball, the Masters, and the NFL Draft for only $19 at vsin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I uh, gave out a play last night on the NHL, and it was the Rangers Penguins under six. Uh, line, I think, closed at five and a half. Reason why I love this game one, both teams fighting for playoff positioning in the Metropolitan Division. The Rangers actually right now are two points back of Carolina for the division lead. They have separated themselves now with a win over Pittsburgh. They won 3-0, by the way. The under hit easily. Uh, A six-point lead now over the Penguins. I loved this under because I thought both teams would play it like a playoff game. You had Shesterkin in net, so you know the Rangers were going to be very good defensively. I loved what I saw from the Rangers defensively against the Devils the other night. But also, I regret that I didn't, I didn't get this bet in. I wanted to bet the Rangers at minus 125, and I didn't get it in. And I, we found out earlier in the day that Sidney Crosby, amongst a couple other players, were not playing in this game due to a non-COVID illness. That moment right there, as soon as you find out Sid the kid's not playing, auto-fire. We should have auto-fired on the Rangers, missed that opportunity, but hey, they get the win and uh, you know they, the under comes in. The other play that we 
kind of liked was the over in the Canadiens-Devils game. Remember, we talked about all those overs coming in. Devils, eight of their last 11 going over. And the Canadiens, what was like 14 of their last 18 games had gone over. How about 7-4, a final score in this one between Montreal and New Jersey uh, as uh, the Canadiens take a 3-1 lead after the first intermission and dominate that game. Maple Leafs stay hot. They beat the Stars in overtime. Canucks top the Coyotes as Vancouver now looking real, real good uh, for a shot at a wild card spot. They are creeping up, creeping up. Edmonton and L.A. continue to uh, play well uh, as well. And so now things are really, really um, getting interesting in the playoff standings. Taking a look at the uh, wild card standings in the East, currently Tampa has 93 points tied with Boston. But Boston, by virtue of a tiebreaker, is the three seed in the Atlantic, meaning Tampa is a wild card team. And then the Capitals are your second wild card team. In the West, it's Nashville and Dallas right now as your wild cards. Vegas is two points back of Dallas for that uh, second wild card. Vancouver, not out of it. Six points back of the second wild card spot. Let's take a look at what we have on store here for Friday. Because I do think that there are opportunities to try and take advantage of teams that have the playoff positioning on the line versus maybe teams that are out of it, bad teams. And yes, the, the numbers might be really, really high. We've seen a lot of these high numbers, but high heavy favorites have been covering. So if there are ways to play them, whether it's on the puck line or um, playing a, a period total or something, there's ways that you can take advantage of some of these games. By the way, we'll continue the uh, hockey talk coming up about 10 minutes or so from now. Our very own Lou Finicaro will join me here on the program. But here's your schedule on Friday. The Bruins take on the Lightning. Tampa Bay minus 150, total of six. Sabres are at the Panthers. Florida, a massive, a massive favorite. Minus 440, total of seven. Islanders are at the Hurricanes. Carolina minus 175, total of five and a half. Wild at the Blues, pretty much even money there. Uh, well, it's even both ways, not even money, but it's minus 110 both ways. Total of six. And then Colorado at Winnipeg, and Colorado is minus 180 over six. I kind of like Winnipeg in that spot. Colorado doesn't really have anything to play for. Uh, the President's Trophy is, yeah, I guess there's are two points up on Florida for the President's Trophy, so maybe that's something that they want to take some pride in and, and try to gain that. Meanwhile, Winnipeg, not out of it. I mentioned uh, six uh, six points back. So, uh, well, actually, they're eight points back. Uh, Vancouver, six points back, but they're not out of it just yet. The Islanders and the Hurricanes could be sneaky, a sneaky good opportunity as well. The Canes have kind of fallen off as of late, they're uh, five, three, and two in their last ten games. The Rangers have uh, closed the gap on them. They're just two points back for first place in the Metropolitan Division. The Canes coming off a five-three win over the Sabers here on uh, Thursday, so they are playing the second night of a back-to-back. Maybe the Islanders can do the Rangers a solid here and beat the Hurricanes and give the Rangers an opportunity to uh, have a chance to win that division. Maybe there's something there. 
but Carolina minus 175 at home where they have been just so good. That's the other way to look at this is just say, listen, Carolina at home this season is 26-6-4. They've been so good at home. And with the Rangers creeping up on them and knowing that they have two games with the Rangers left, how do they handle this? Do they want to win and create some separation? Or on the second night of a back-to-back, is there not as much intensity knowing that they're going to get a little bit of a respite against the Ducks coming up on Sunday before the first of two pivotal matchups against the Rangers on Tuesday at Madison Square Garden where they will need their A game. The next game against the Rangers will also be at the Garden, second to last day of the regular season, which actually could be for the division. So... That's the only question that I would have. Now, Auntie Ranta did play in net here on Thursday, which would lead me to believe Frederick Anderson gets the nod here on Friday against the Islanders. If that's the case, you do like um, Carolina even more. You like the under, I guess, a little bit. Um, I haven't heard anything about Ilya Sorokin for the Islanders. Um, You know, he's been uh, dealing with, obviously, an injury. But uh, in their last game, I think it was um, uh, Varlamov in net against the Stars. And in their past couple of games, it's been kind of, uh, you know, going back and forth um, between uh, Varlamov and, uh, you know, Corey Schneider actually played. For them. So I don't I don't know if Sorokin's coming back just yet. Haven't seen a report on him, but I would kind of lean towards the under. Um hmm. that would be something to take a look at in this Carolina game, especially just with Anderson in net. Other games that have somewhat playoff importance, obviously Bruins Lightning. That is a playoff game. That's as close to a playoff game in the regular season as you're going to get. Both of these teams are jockeying for position in the Atlantic Division. Now, why is it important, you ask? Well, the two and the three seeds will play each other. But the wild card teams will play the top teams, regardless of division. So... Right now, if the playoffs ended, if the season, excuse me, if the season ended today, Tampa would be the first wild card. They would play against Carolina. Washington would be the second wild card. They would play against Florida. It's no foregone conclusion that it's Florida over Carolina. There's only four points separating those between the top two. And yes, the Rangers have are in the mix for the division as well. They're two back of Carolina. So. The number one seeds have yet to be determined, but that's how the playoffs work. It's the two versus three in each division, and then the wild card teams will play the top seeds. And as good as Florida's been this year, as good as Carolina's been this year, you're a wild card team. I don't think you want to play those teams. Then again, everyone in the Eastern Conference is absolutely live when it comes to the playoffs. I think any team 
can come out of the Eastern Conference. We'll continue the conversation. Our very own Lou Finnecaro will join me coming up next. Maybe I'll get a thought in or two about the UFC event coming up here on Saturday night, UFC 273. But we're going to talk hockey with Lou coming up uh, next here. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Who does Lou think has a a good uh, opportunity on Friday to get a victory? And is he still sold on his Calgary Flames as the team to beat in the Western Conference? This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Zadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Talked about the NHL standings last segment and the way that I see things playing out here in the playoffs. Here to talk some more hockey and maybe a thought on the UFC event coming up here on uh, Saturday is our very own Lou Fanacaro, who you follow on Twitter at GambLou. And Lou, let me ask you about how you're approaching these final days of the regular season or final week here, weeks here of the NHL regular season. Are you able to find any good opportunities by taking advantage of teams that are playing for playoff positioning versus teams that may be Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zikazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Out of it or uh, maybe fading teams that don't have much to play for? Uh, How are you attacking the final few weeks here of the NHL regular season? Well, first of all, Scott, I appreciate you having me on tonight. It's always a pleasure uh, to talk about my passions, the NHL uh, being one of them. And as we 
rapidly approach these playoffs, we're kind of robbed a little bit uh, from opportunity if one is betting the regular season because in the East, you're you're almost decided as to who your playoff teams are going to be. I mean, really, after uh, uh, after Boston, it, you're pretty much done with who's going to be there. The, the teams are, in essence, uh, defined. So, uh, and, and actually now wild card looks like the Capitals are, are in position and Boston has slipped ahead. So uh, after the Capitals, you have 13 points. So I, I see less integrity in trying to bet the East only because we don't know what the motivations are with the teams that are already going to make the playoffs and how they want to finish. Now, as we move to the West, you got Dallas at 83, the Knights and them are going back and forth, but at, at 76, Vancouver and the Jets are still not out of the question. So to me, if, if someone's looking for opportunity, I think I'd be looking in the West and I'd be looking at teams, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Las Vegas and Dallas specifically are teams that they have a lot of pressure on them as well. Nashville, these teams have pressure on them. And the common adage is that, boy, they got to win this game. That's not necessarily so a team like this, that maybe is playing a spoiler team. You're going to pay a tax on having to play them. And so there may be great opportunity in fading Nashville, Dallas, Las Vegas, Vancouver, and Winnipeg as we head down the stretch. Yeah, and one of those spots is coming up here this weekend on Saturday where Vegas will play Arizona, and you know that Vegas is going to be a massive favorite in this game, but I don't like anything about what I saw from Vegas in their loss to Vancouver last night, and looking ahead at this game on Saturday, we don't have the number just yet, but I might be intrigued to pull a trigger on Arizona. Well, yes. Uh, now Arizona's it was hot for a while. They're they've really kind of cooled down in the last eight games or so. However, they really regard the Kings and the Knights as the rivals, and so I think you're going to get the absolute best out of the Coyotes, and that would be a great spot for a long dog. And depending on the price plus the goal and a half, that could be a consideration too to get the thing to overtime, and you're a winner. As far as looking ahead to the playoffs, you and I have talked about this Flames team before, how much uh, we enjoyed them and, and getting the right number a few months ago at what when they were peaking, it seemed. But now all of a sudden in the Pacific Division, you have the Oilers playing well, you have the Kings playing well, and this Western Conference, besides from Colorado, I think is wide open. I'm, I'm not sure I'm sold right now that it's going to be Calgary as the team that is going to give Colorado the best run for their money. Well, I would tend to agree with that. What we're trying to do is determine what the team will be that can give Colorado some trouble. And to me, that looks like it could be Dallas, L.A., St. Louis, and Minnesota. Hmm. Those are also the teams that'll play Calgary heavy and hard as well. And listen, Colorado's going to be hard to beat the first round or two. Their speed is is just so acute. Somebody's going to have to put put them through some wear and some tear and, and bust them up a little bit. Meanwhile, 
you can count on Calgary, LA, uh, the Blues, and to an extent, Minnesota to play heavier. And so it's really going to come down to seeding and the structure of the playoff bracket as we get through these, you know, last 12 games or so of the season. How important was the acquisition of Marc-Andre Fleury for Minnesota? I think it was important for their psyche. I don't know at the end of the day if that's uh, the answer for the team because they have uh, some concerns really with their blue line and how many shots they allow, but it surely gave the the wild a pick me up and they've reacted by being red hot their last 10 games over in the east especially in the metropolitan uh the carolina hurricanes have faded a bit here lou the rangers actually have a legit chance to win that division which would please me very much not only as a ranger fan but as a ticket holder of a plus 1400 to win the metropolitan division it would please me very much uh but carolina's prospect in the postseason how do you evaluate them I believe Carolina is the class of the East. Mm. I believe they're getting tremendously overlooked by betters and by people that realize how acute teams like Toronto and Florida can be in the regular season. And I don't mind the waning of their play right now, nor do I mind how overlooked they are because I believe that's the team to beat in the east the way i handicap it yeah and so you'll get a better number on them if they actually drop down people will be sour on them the market will dip it's already we've already seen that i mean really you're looking at a team in new york that's getting a lot of the tickets and a lot of the money in the east followed by a lot on florida and of course tampa and oh by the way then there's carolina and that's just fine by me (laughs) let them be overlooked because they got the team that's been there. They've gotten close. They play the right kind of hockey. They got the coach. I think for me, everything points to Carolina being there against a team that looks to me to be either Tampa, maybe a long shot, the Rangers, uh, or possibly Pittsburgh. How do you feel about the Bruins? I worry about uh, net minding for the Bruins. I don't worry about leadership or uh, the veteran-laden team. Uh, that's a team that's playing pretty decent right now. I just don't think that's the goalie that's going to be able to take them past maybe a surprise first-rounder, Scott. Mm, yeah, uh, we'll see if it's going to be Swayman or, or Olmark as they go into the postseason. Lou, while I have you, real quick, uh, one question about uh, the UFC 273 this weekend. Are you surprised that the three big fights are just massively priced? Like, I don't think I remember seeing a card, Lou, that has this many heavy favorites on the card. Yeah, it is a little interesting that the top three fights are so heavily swayed. I think in two of the instances, the the, the numbers are correct. I think in the case of the co-main event with Bantamweights, Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling, that that number has gotten a little bit out of hand based on what I saw in their first fight. And uh, really tomorrow morning at at 6 a.m. Pacific are the weigh-ins. And that'll be really huge in this fight because in the last fight, Sterling cut weight differently, had a different camp, different cornermen than his normal situation. 
and he claims that that hurt him and he was compromised from it. So much of my handicap for that fight, Scott, will come from weigh-ins tomorrow morning. Excellent. We'll be paying attention and following along, Lou. Always appreciate the conversation, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much for having me on. Good luck to everyone. Follow Lou Finicaro on Twitter at Gamblue, and he will have obviously more information about the UFC 273 card after that weigh-in here on Friday morning, and then uh, going throughout the day on Saturday, and Lou will get some picks as well. I expect to see him on the network quite a few times between now and the start of that card on Saturday night. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Opening day in Major League Baseball and round one of the Masters. What a Thursday it was. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.